नमस्ते सो वी स्पोक लास्ट टाइम अबाउट द डिवाइन डिसेंट इन ह्यूमैनिटी द अवतार गॉड बिकमिंग ह्यूमन सो वेन गॉड बिकम्स ह्यूमन ही कैरीज विद हिम द बर्डन ऑफ द कॉस्मिक पास्ट एंड ही ओपन्स द वे टू द फ्यूचर सो इट्स ए मच ग्रेटर वर्क दैन सिंपली कमिंग टेकिंग ए ह्यूमन बॉडी किलिंग सम असुराज एंड यू नो रिडीमिंग सम साधुज इनफैक्ट शुरबिंदो एक्सप्लेन्स वेरी ब्यूटिफुली इन एसेज ऑन द गीता दिस फेमस वर्ड्स ऑफ द गीता वेर इट इज सेट परित्राणाय साधुनाम विनाशाय च दुष्कृताम सो परित्राणाय साधुनाम इज नॉट जस्ट दैट देर आर सम साधुज सिटिंग इन आश्रमास इफ देर आर एनी लेफ्ट सो इट इज नॉट अबाउट द साधुज सिटिंग इन आश्रमास who are you know the lord comes and says come 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 he yeah, no this should be those one of the aphorism where he says that i uh, went to an ashram and i got bored a company of holy men uh, then god sent me to a prison and made him eat his twisting ground so he breaks uh, in his own way many of our conventional ideas that you know you don't become a sadhu by a dress or by a you know um, uh, by lecturing around or by uh, living in a certain geographical space it's a inner state sadhu is a being of goodness and what he does he paritranay that goodness is right now enmeshed in the uh, womb of darkness that is exactly the state in which arjuna is really look at it so what is happening to arjuna his goodness is being used by the enemies don't fight you know there was this nice uh, dhritras says that you know arjuna is so nice i always counted on him that he has thrown away the sh- shastras when sanjay is recounting to him that arjuna has actually dropped his gandiv and he says how can i fight my own people and dhritras says that see i knew that he is basically a nice boy till krishna spoils him <laughs> What has he done? Released his goodness, paritranaay sadhunam, and taken it to its ultimate level. What is the supreme goodness to be one with the good of the divine? And divine even destroys creation. Is he not good? So goodness is not something outward. So even when he destroys, there is the good in his heart, supreme good. So paritranaay sadhunam. Vinashayche duskritam. So here it is not only about the evil doers, but the consciousness behind which is, you know, full of evil. So the work is inner. Yes, it is also outer because there are representatives of good, there are representatives of evil, and they have to be also tackled. But the primary work is within. Uh, so he destroys the evil, not just the evil outside, but the evil tendency. That's why. when you take the name of the avatar it is supposed to destroy the evil tendencies you know there is a story in ramayana that um, how did valmiki um, valmiki asked that what is the best name i can meditate upon so one of the seers tells him the best name you can meditate upon in today's time is on the name of lord rama that's how he starts and then he discovered the whole truth of rama it is said even before he came but that's not the point the point is that by meditating it discovered the truths entire life of rama from its you know heights of splendor as a divine being to all his works and the secrets behind the divine being so the name of the avatar carries within itself a great power that's why mother says shubhendra and the mother the name that resounds in the very depths of our being in each atom of existence these are not exaggerations 
So here there is a small little poem which describes before the coming. In God's labor we read about you know what the divine has been engaged in time to time. Since time immemorial he has come several times on earth. So those who say that why doesn't the divine do anything for us? Well he comes several times and he shows us by his works. He says something and yet we ultimately don't listen to it. So he is to come. He is ready to come again and again. So he is doing his bit. He becomes human so that human can become divine. So he is doing his bit. But we also have to do something from our side. So this is a small little poem. Four lines. And this is in one of those metrical experiments that Shurabindu has done. A lot of metrical experiments. Many people don't know that he has brought into the earth new meters, rhythms, which he must have, his inner ear must have caught those cadences. And that he has manifested in the form of poetry. Like mother has brought new uh, rhythms in the form of music. If you hear her music, it's amazing. I mean some of the pieces like Marching in Search of the Soul or Quiet Power uh, or 29th February 1960, amazing. And how when you just listen to it, it takes you, transports you into another realm and you try to categorize it. Is it uh, Indian Raga? Is it Western Classical? You just can't categorize. Because there are new meters, new rhythms waiting for discovery and expression. Even if you discover it, you need to. So just like Shiv from his Damru created a new language or rather two new languages as it is said from the right Sanskrit or vice versa. If you ask a Sanskrit lover, he will say from the right it is Sanskrit and left it is Tamil. <laughs> if you ask in Tamil Nadu, left it is Sanskrit and right it is Tamil, you know. But Shiv from his Damru, what does it mean? He brought out those uh, root sounds from which an entire language can be built. So the story is very significant that divine doesn't do everything but he releases into the atmosphere those vibrations. Just 14 of them, no? If I, I may be mistaken, Panini's grammar, that lakar and things, just 14 sounds. From that an entire, such a wonderful language is born. So what he does is, he sows certain seeds, certain vibrations. And then slowly they start expanding, growing like language. They invade the heart and mind and consciousness of man and change him. So this is almost like the divine in his poise when he is turned towards creation. In his will to create. So this is to the hilltops of silence. To the hilltops of silence. From over the infinite sea. So there are two seas as it is said in the Rig Veda. One is the upper sea, the superconscient. It is infinite. It is a mass of light, of power. Of truth, and the other is aprakritem salilam, the sea of darkness, the inconscient. That is also infinite, because it's the shadow of the infinite. If you probe that sea, let me try to find out. You will be lost because it's infinite. There are some uh, yogis, by the way, who get into that state of samadhi, which is called as caste samadhi, and they actually go back into the inconscient. You have to start the journey again. When I had read it, I found it so frightening. You can actually. <laughs> That's why most people recommend the path of works. It keeps you steady and safe. So he's watching hilltops of silence from over the infinite sea. That Sachidanand Prakash, that state of 
super conscient infinity. He stands on a hill. So what is that hill? It's very interesting. The image of the hill. Vedic rishis have used it time and again. Hill is a point from where you watch, uh, from where you stand, and you watch down towards which you have to go. So hill is that vantage point. It is the meeting point of two different domains, where from one side, if you look at it, you climb, and from another side. You are looking down. So here he is standing on the hilltop of silence. Why? Because beyond it, there is um, what is called as the parawak. So it is not expressed in terms of human speech, but as vibrations, the law of vibrations, lights. Through that, they understand each other. Like Mother describes that experience of the supramental beings. So those who are doing the yoga, supramental transformation, then she sees. That you know, uh, the there are beings, two tall beings. You have to decide who can cross over and who is not ready. So they don't ask any questions. And they don't say, "Okay, tell me your papa and punya." She says that moral qualities are not the one they judge. She laughed that when she saw things we value here have no value there, and she was asked, "What are the things they value? Uh, they don't value which we value here." She says, "Like ascetic purity." Sanctity of marriage. These are things she has said. You know the idea that I am getting about three thirty a.m. in the morning and sitting. That they don't value that. So what do they value? They just look at your being and substance and see whether it casts a shadow or not. How beautiful this is. That means a transparent being. She so just sees that whether there is a shadow or not. So she could see there were some beings. She says it was very interesting to watch. She is the captain of the ship. Ferrying them across, she says somewhere there who had, uh, you know, the upper part which was, you know, all orangeish light. Then below there was little more fading, and then there was darkness. Some people had, uh, you know, white light above, then the uh, orange light, and then shades of grey like that. She sees. That's what I was saying the other day that there will be many stages of transformation, which will span through lives. So here he watches from there, but here his task is not to. You know, decide who will come or not. He is the ferry, so he has to come down. <laughs> so he looks before taking the plunge. You know, this uh, reminds me of the story of Amitabh Buddha, uh, Maitreya Amitabh. So Buddha is one aspect where he is entering into Mahanirvana, but he turns back and looks at the world and sees the misery and the suffering and says, "I refuse to step into Nirvana, final dissolution." Till there is a single person who is suffering in this world, what a compassion this is! Now here he is already gone into the beyond, but he is suddenly emerging. Imagine what moment that must be, that the divine being was beyond this creation, beyond all manifestation. Suddenly, for whatever reason, by his own will, emerges and looks around the world. What does he see? To the hilltops of silence, from over the infinite sea, golden he came. So now, from that pure white, golden, the supramental. So that's where he enters and looks, armed with the flame. He has to get down for a work. What is the dhanu she is bringing? What is the sudarshan chakra? So Sudarshan Chakra is, of course, the light that destroys darkness. That's what it's symbol of. So he is bringing that deathless flame. Nothing can destroy it. That flame from its original source, which is supramental, armed with the flame, looked 
on the world that his greatness and passion must free. So on one side there is the greatness, the might. You know that we have those stories of Shiva who with his toe presses and Ravana, that's when the famous uh, Shiva's throat, Tandav, that comes because his arms get crushed under the pressure of the toe. Mother describes in the Supreme, she is speaking to Monada and she says, My child, you know, if I look at you, I can completely transfix you. But I don't want to do that. At one point, there is a vision of Champaklal. And the vision goes that everybody is, see the power they brought with them. And they had to veil themselves. Because if, if that power is manifest, it can be so devastating. I remember just seeing Champaklalji and it was so difficult. So I asked them, how does it travel? He said, no, no, when they travel, they take it all inside. Samvaran kar lete. So, you know, and Mother and Shubindo, people had to, their darshan, 10 feet radius. They could not go near and even that moment, few seconds, was enough. Some people experienced infinity, some felt there is God. Some saw in him Krishna with the peacock plume. Some saw the whole procession of avatars. That was the state, the power they brought down to earth. And what was that power? The power of the deathless flame. So, it's greatness. That is true greatness. Greatness is not that, you know, we have... The way we understand greatness. So in India, there is always this idea of spiritual greatness. So we regard the mendicant as great. But uh, the king, even if the mendicant comes, he has to bow down before him. Read the Western literature. Who is great? You have those kings, restless people, Caesar, Alexander, Napoleon. They were bevutis, okay. But that is the idea of greatness. The only great being you hear of is Christ and they crucified him. You don't find greatness. So, you know, if you read the literature in India, you'll find countless, countless beings. Dadichi, people have not heard. So, there is a, another kind of greatness. A greatness that is so mighty. So, Champaklal's vision where he sees oh, everybody is meditating in the courtyard. And suddenly, so there are little, little flames. Some people have small flames, some have bigger flames. And then suddenly there is an Asura who comes into the courtyard and starts laughing. And as he laughs, a lot of smoke is thrown out. Champaklalji had capacity for authentic vision and these are all uh, spoken of by Mother and Shurbindo that he has that capacity. Though the experience is in 1988 or something like that. So he sees that um, uh, as he is laughing, a lot of uh, smoke is being thrown and people are becoming restless. Have you noticed that when you are sitting in a Collective meditation, even individually, sometimes you become restless because that fellow is round the corner. <laughs> uh, next time, don't blame it on others or on the cough or on something else. So, <laughs> so he's waiting round the corner. So he sees, he sees that they are becoming restless and suddenly, like doubts, and there is a smoke and the flame is getting submerged. And then this fellow laughs, this asura who tries to take a stride to go near the samadhi. Samadhi is burning with a flame. And as he tries to go near, Asuras are drawn by the power aspect of the divine. They are not interested in knowledge. They want power for their own purposes. So they will go to places where they believe there is power. But again, for pure selfish purposes. That's why all the Asuras like Shiva, the mighty. You know, Shiva in his might. Sri Krishna is always smiling. 
but he is you know like kali <laughs> destroyed a whole <laughs> so as he comes near suddenly he sees a white light column of white light descend and the whole asura is he is paralyzed and then reduced to nothing he has named this uh, vision as dissolution of the asura he doesn't say which that asura was but that light pure white light mother speaks of this power she says you know my child that white white light i was born with it and then she says humorously to the disciple you remember what is the name of that great lady who has that white light so the disciple says maheshwari yes 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 that's right <laughs> i was born with that light and it is very powerful it can dissolve anything and then she recommends to the disciple you know at night when you sleep wrap yourself around in the cocoon of my white light of course with imagination we can try so that is the power that is the greatness and might that the divine brings it's not the might of the you know people often speak about you know i have heard gandhi ji without you know dubla patla khali haath ladta badshah ke sath are gandhi had a lathi at least in hand there was of course the charka with which probably he would have met the talibanis i don't know he had all these you know whole crowd with him shurbindo alone in his room he was handling the entire second world war it was not just the imperialistic power that he had decided the day he was taken to the alipur jail it was clear that they are going to be demolished what a power it must be mother speaks about it what a power the moment he said yes the entire supramental consciousness descended they were together 1920 and she says that i saw things that were ready to manifest and i asked him will it be this time and he she says he just said yes and she saw the supermind touch the earth that was the kind of power and this is not just you know in 1950 one could actually see that power which a body which has been given apparently shrinivas anger in his biography writes so beautifully he says was it a conquest of death or a conquest of over death because body has stopped functioning heartbeat everything has stopped and yet this power golden power is there and this effulgence uh, till it is there the body is not showing any signs of disintegration even though there are clinical signs of death so that is the kind of power shirobindo brought and mother gives so many instances of this power sitting and you know she said people would come and say oh i've got pain i've got pain and he would just look at them no no nothing he would say and suddenly he would say oh the pain is gone the pain is gone but she says she could see that a subtle hand came out and plucked that point and till date i think this experience i have recounted several times so i won't recount again of during the case of corona suddenly is coming and you know entire thing is finishing and going away individuals why it is there at a collective level we have to see as a collectivity why why we have and even now we have opened the doors to that rather than taken the path that has been shown to us so that was the kind of power they have brought to earth and that power is with them so what is that armed with the flame looked on the world is gazing on the world <laughs> that is greatness and passion must free like krishna vishrup so his greatness he knows he is capable of freeing the world and he has the passion to free the world you see you may have the greatness buddha is also great but the passion to free the world mother says that you know in savitri there is a line 
um, she was born with the anguish of the gods. And the mother says that. She says, if I were born in India at that point of time, I would have demolished many things. Because she is born with that, you know, power, capacity. At one point she held that um, seven-year-old, suddenly or nine-year-old, suddenly lifting a 15-year-old boy who was a bully. And then just leaving any drops See, like Mahakali force entered into her. So they brought such a tremendous power. And even now when you look into Shirobindo's eyes, looks like a Bholenath, like a benevolent Shiva. But awake he is eternal and the supreme. How the entire second world war, it's a whole Sega. So looked upon the world that is greatness. So one can be great but aloof from the world. But this is not a greatness which is the greatness of peace. This is also the Ananda. So passion. Both are combined together. The knowledge and the power looked on the world that is greatness and passion must free. Free from what? From ourselves, from the clutches of ignorance. And he actually writes it in one of his letters to Mrilani Devi before coming to Pondicherry. I know that I have the power to lift this fallen race. Who can write like that? The entire country is knocking at my door. Should I be like a thief and just think about my family like everybody does? I know that ring of supreme authority. Just imagine who would write like this. Outwardly nothing. He is working with the Maharaja. Nobody really knows. Like Krishna, Yadukul, Gwala. So he is working with the Maharaja. Nobody knows. Maharaja calls him. I want a speech to be written. So most of the time he didn't listen to go to the Maharaja's court because he didn't like all those formalities. And Maharaja had given up on this tendency. But every time a speech he would go and do whatever is to be required to be done in the land settlement later on as somebody whom he kept consulting for everything. Then as a professor, vice principal, principal of the college. So he says Maharaja would often call me for writing the speeches. So he would write and give it. So he says, but this is too big, too high. This is They will not believe that the Maharaja has you know, written it. He said, see, whatever you may say, people will anyways believe that it is not the Maharaja, but somebody has written it. So, <laughs> what difference does it make? <laughs> you might as well write something. Just imagine what kind of greatness and might he brought to earth. And this, I know, this ringing with that power, I know. I have the power to uplift this fallen race. There are many such utterances of Shurbindo where one can see that supreme power manifested in a. When somebody asked the mother that, you know, or Shurbindo, that, you know, there are so many followers of different religion and all that. So he said, yes, uh, nothing depends on numbers. We don't want number of people. It's enough if there are few. He says, but people, will they even know about. Uh, um, what came down and he says, on the contrary, people will know that there was such a great power, tremendous power that manifested upon earth. That's why the mother described Shurabindu's birth as an eternal birth and says you can understand it several levels. So, physically it is a birth that, you know, takes place, uh, you know, earth comes in contact with the Supreme. Then she says, psychologically, it is a birth that occurs from age to age. And from the spiritual point of view, it is a birth of the eternal upon earth. So, that 
birth with that power when the divine assumes a human body this is the moment before that he is entering the womb of darkness human womb people often say that you know shubindu's mother she had lost her balance swanlata devi so people speak about it and that you know in a way that you know she had lost the balance and she was very beautiful she was regarded as the rose of rangapur and father was extremely generous dr krishnan ghosh so actually if you go into the real history you will see that she lost her balance just around the time that she had been conceived so somebody was telling me about it in a little oh she had lost her balance i said naturally who can hold that light in the womb <laughs> who will not lose the balance remember devki when she krishna is born as a child she lost her balance she forgot the whole thing they both forgot and they recollected much later toward the end they forgot whatever happened completely because the brain our brain our body is too small to contain it what it must have meant for that womb human womb to hold that light so here is a description before it is entering into that human sphere into the world to the hill tops of silence from over the infinite sea golden he came armed with the flame looked on the world that his greatness and passion must free <laughs>